Um, it was huge. Uh, like you said, it is. It's been a while. We were trying to figure out who got the jackets um, to give out tonight. So you know that just shows you how how long it's been with with that long break as well. So. I mean, you lose five games five games in a row. Uh, you don't just want to get two points, but you want to get back to playing the right way. And and we did that for 40 minutes today. Um, and now we got to change that to, to more than 40 minutes. Um, so we we know what type of team we have in here. Um, we've showed that throughout the season, but we need to we need to get it going again. Nick Ehlers following the 2-1 win for the Winnipeg Jets over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Saturday night, sold-out barn, Canada Life Center, Camp Poitras. Jim Toth. Jim, how you doing? Happy Monday, uh, Cam. I'm doing okay. You're doing okay? Yeah. Uh, sold-out building, right? That's the fourth yeah. one this year. The fourth one, yeah. The Yeah, I think so. around that number. I don't know the exact number, but I think you're right. By the way, we're going to talk some sports here and, and go over the weekend and everything else, but um, we here at 680 CGOB are following the situation out in Carmen as we have been doing all morning. Just want to let you know we will carry the uh, update from the RCMP at 2 p.m. live yep. on my show uh, later on this afternoon. And in the meantime, anything breaks, we'll bring it to you here in Jets at noon. Um, and if nothing breaks or no new information comes out, we'll just uh, have an hour where we talk some hockey and some sports. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure to stay tuned here to 680 CGOB uh, while we follow the tragic events in Carmen. Again, the RCMP press conference we will carry live here on 680 CGOB at 2 o'clock. The Jets practicing today started at 11 a.m. Uh, line rushes, exactly the same. Connor Shifley, Ehlers, uh, Perfetti, Monan, Velarde, all the way um, down the list. Now, Dominic Toninato is on waivers today. We'll find out at 1 o'clock uh, if he will clear. Is that going to pave the way for David Gustafson? Is Vili Hainola going to get called up from the Manitoba Moose? We we wait and see what happens, uh, what's going to happen there. So also stay tuned here to 680 CGOB uh, for the latest and see what happens with Dominic Toninato on waivers. But Jim, what did you think about the game on Saturday? I was impressed. Like I, I thought it was a good game for them. I know Pittsburgh played the night before and lost uh, to Minnesota, but I thought the Jets did a lot of better, good things, but um, better than they have been. I thought they moved the puck a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and I really like that top line of Connor Shifley and Ehlers. I really like that line. And Monaghan continues to impress. Mm-hmm. This is like uh, another line he's been playing with, with Velarde. V- Velarde, since the break, has had a couple of rough games. Um, I wonder, because I know he was a little banged up heading into it. Um, I wonder if there's an injury la- and nagging him. Um, but then you see that goal that he allowed at Philadelphia, and that was just a that was just a mistake. So yeah. I'm not sure what's going on. And the there. offside goal, like he was in the zone too too fat too yeah. early, and just looked a little bit off. But overall, I thought they got back to a couple of things they do well. I loved Nick Ehlers post game in Philadelphia, and I really liked his post game there where he said, "We've been a while, forgot what to do. Who we have jackets or something to give away, right? <laughs> yeah. To the players of the yeah, game." I like, so I like that clip. Um, it's interesting, right? It was a fascinating weekend. It was good that there was a sellout. Um, I, I hear, I hear they have plenty of tickets for Wednesday's game. This is what I hear with the Jets, and it's the weekend games, the Thursday night games aren't too much of a problem. It's the Tuesday Wednesday night games that are real struggle to get fans. It's not to like come you, out, and not, I get that, right? With minor hockey and and kids in school and lessons and everything else to go to, it's it, it's just easier to go to a game on the it's weekend. It's not like a top team and a big draw is coming in here on Tuesday. It's right. the Sharks, right? And and I know a lot of people want to see Sidney Crosby and the Penguins, and and rightfully so. I I, I often forget that, right? Like I. I mean, Ovechkin's coming to town. Somebody was asking me, should I go to this game or the Arizona one? And I, I think it was 
said, well, the Washington one, you get to watch Ovechkin. Like, yeah. you never know how many more opportunities you're going to get to see those guys play True. live. Um, but even my plumber, Graham, shout out to Graham, who listens to the show, was going to the game cause to watch. Uh, I was talking to him, and he said, I'm going to the game on Saturday. And uh, I said, uh, he said, hopefully they can play better and get things going. And I said, well, maybe Crosby will get mm-hmm. a one-game injury. And he's like, no, I, I want to see Crosby. And I'm like, that's right. Like, he, those are the guys you want to come to town. But yeah. the game itself overall i i think was was good they got back on track a little bit and they needed a win and, and that that's how i felt about the fifth loss in a row and that's how i felt about saturday it wasn't a must win by any means but they need to stop this like it's going to happen um look cam they still only scored two goals on saturday night they've got to figure this out over the next two weeks on how to get some goals and how to get the power play going well you know and and i go back to that pass that mark shifley made to uh morrissey there in the first period right you know that's a that's a shot that mark shifley needs to wire but the situation with them and and you know sort of the concerns and goal scoring squeezing the stick a little bit i think that's what that was um of course they eventually uh you know got there but they had a, a struggle through the second period i thought they were standing still little bit they were slow the skating sort of really slowed down but they found it back in the third period um but like they had some good looks though i mean Monahan goes off i mean goes off the uh goes off the Crossbar, iron yeah um uh Ehlers had a real great look in the third period too they're, they're getting their looks it's just not going in and that passed to shifley on the first goal Paul connor had a good look too in the second period they had as well. three two on ones the third one was the Ehlers' great pass to shifley yeah. who hammered it home uh, but the first two on ones are a team that it go back to the Philly game too, right? Like yeah. Kyle Connor on a breakaway and he tries the behind the bat or the dump pass. Well, if you need to, you need to explain what's going you're on. Struggling there you to, go. Yeah. You, you're overthinking <laughs> yeah. how you're going to score goals when, when Kyle Connor on a partial break doesn't fire a shot and, and the two on ones, but look, this is how you climb out of a slump, right? As you get a win and, and you start feeling better about yourself I'm not going to say must win because San Jose has beat them already this year, and they only beat San Jose 2-1, but you've got to get this one, and then you go to a tough test in Vancouver on Saturday. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Text the show. We do have another pair of Jets tickets to give away uh, for the game coming up on Valentine's Day, Canada Life Centers. We were talking about the Sharks and the Jets. We have tickets to give away today and tomorrow. Text the show, 204-780-6868, the best text um, we'll get uh, those tickets. Connor, the, day, Hall, the game of love. The game of love. It is a game of love. Love uh, is a game, but this is the Jets' game of love because it's on Love Day. There's no greater game, and there's also no I like more to dangerous love game. Round. That's why I'm not a big Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, every day's Valentine's Day to you. For well, you. for you, I mean, I've heard that the romance. I'm a big just, romancer. I am. Yeah, it's like your first week of dating. Still, is what Sky tells me. Yeah. Well. I, in fact, know, she's sick of it. She wants the romance to stop. It's been too many years in a row. Well, I'm trying to like say, you know, I've heard some things, Jim, and you know, they're like, can't can a little bit of cam rub off on you? Are you going to play you, some you, Adele on you, Wednesday? You're going to leave that one alone, eh? You're not going to touch that no. one. Uh, uh, I, I, Connor Hellebuck. Yes, Connor Hellebuck, real good. Yeah, continuing a solid season. Yep. Is it uh, Vesna? Why well, it's it's his. So far, I don't think that that's going to change. Um, here was, uh, and I thought this was a good clip from Rick Bonus, and it was kind of an interesting decision because we were talking about that uh, on Friday. Um, and Bones uh, and head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Rick Bonus, had made the decision to rest the team 
um, instead of skate them on Friday. And we were talking about that. Remember? I didn't like it. Um, I was like, oh, you got to get, you got to skate them. Well, this was this was his justification is the reason why he wanted to be more rested for the game uh, against the Penguins on Saturday. I know we had lost five in a row, but it's not like we were playing terrible because we weren't. We weren't scoring goals. We, it's simple as that. And um, so, yeah, there's games where there's rough patches through it. That's going to happen. But we weren't playing nearly as bad as what the record was telling us. Uh, we weren't giving up much. We just weren't scoring goals. We weren't creating enough. We get in it, uh, and we had skated Sunday, Monday, practice, play Tuesday, practice Wednesday, practice Thursday, or play Thursday. We put them on the ice yesterday. We're going in tonight. That's seven straight days on the ice. And I just wanted to make sure, you know, they were playing in Minnesota last night. We just wanted to make sure we had good legs tonight. 204-780-6868 explanation there from Rick Bone. It's got a text message here from Barry Jim. Uh, He says, Colorado has lost four in a row. So no need to overanalyze. All teams have those stretches. It's how they manage it. Well, I agree with Rick Bonus. Like, I, I didn't. I didn't like their transition and their forecheck, but I didn't see them playing horrifically. No. Like, they weren't losing a ton of games 6-2 or something. I was, I was reading in The Athletic with uh, the article by Murata Tesh where he kind of breaks down all, all the little mistakes that added up to goals when they normally wouldn't, and the fact that they didn't end up scoring. He's, uh, Murata Tesh is going to be joining us uh, at 12.30 to discuss uh, just that. But, but I, I was at the point where I think they should have practiced. And and well, I but was, I mean that's yeah. what a coach does, right? He yeah. reads his team and he knows much like when they had two days off to practice and he gave him a day for mental and physical rest, he would know much better than any of us watching what his team needs and what he doesn't. So Yeah. Now this texter says, finally saw Monahan do something and clang the iron. Uh, I think Monahan's been pretty dang good. I don't think he's had any. He hasn't provided any offense yet, but he's had some good looks. He's, he's had, had some really good looks. And even a, on the power play, he's he d- adjusting to a new team. You know? Yeah, this he's doesn't, a, and, doesn't and, come happen overnight. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. I apologize. Um, it's not Valentine's Day of me. Uh, <laughs> but he had even on the power play, like he was falling off balance and got a stick on one that the Flyers goalie and saved. He's been in and around the net. Like that's where his. Kevin BX on Hockey Night in Canada broke it down on Saturday, and he said, I don't know why more players don't go to the area that Monaghan, all 13 of his goals have come within a diamond of the net, hmm. like the bumper position. Yeah, And he's like, all his goals come from there. And he said, I'm not only shocked that more players don't go to this area, but I'm shocked that the players that do aren't better at it than this. And, and he did some research on it. And Monaghan is one of the few that lives in that area by the net. And, and so that goes back to... When we talked about acquiring him, that's what Rick Bonus has been screaming for since last year. Go to the net, work in and around the post and the crease, get some greasy goals. He always wants that. He doesn't want the team to be just a perimeter team with lots of shots. Um, and, and that's another reason why I think Monaghan is a great fit for... Um, He's got a strong defensive like, style too. I Do I think Elias Lindholm is a better player than Sean Monaghan? Yes, I do. Do I think Monahan's a better fit for the Jets? Yes, I do. Because Monahan does that. He's in that greasy area, and all his production comes from there, and he's a great bumper player on the power play. Am I going to argue they should have got Lindholm? Yes, he's the better player. But for a dre- that's why the first-round pick came real quick after that Vancouver trade, because if we can't get the overall better player, the price is too much, this is a perfect fit for what we need, as in the Jets. You want to win the Jets tickets uh, for the game coming up on Valentine's Day against the Sharks? Text the show, 204-780-6868. Best text 
uh, that we receive will get this. those I would love pair to get my tickets. husband on Valentine's Day. We love the Jets. He's a police officer and works up north and actually home on Wednesday. Mm. You might have vaulted to the front. I don't know. So if somebody's husband works further away than up north, <laughs> you might be vaulting to the front. We'll wait and see. We might yeah. have a text message that beats that one. And to be honest, I'll just say this. He should be the one texting us, not you. 204-780-6868. Let's take a break. Let's come back. We'll talk a little bit of Super Bowl 58. Give our thoughts on the game last night. Murata Tesh is going to be joining us. Uh, Jets rider with The Athletic. Speaking of love. People love Marat. No, oh, well, what's I not love to him. love? He's a great guy. Um, he's got such great analysis, and I'm really excited. Every time I'm excited to bring him on the show, uh, you'll want to hear what he has to say after 1230. We're getting text messages. Want to hear your thoughts. Uh, this texter says, um, curious of your thoughts on the Riley cross check. Uh, Gary Texas show. He says, hard to imagine. Don Cherry's podcast would even agree with uh, Morgan Riley's cross-check in the Ottawa Senators, not right. That one from Gary. Well, we got a lot of those text messages. We got to get into this. We will get into it as the show goes on. Believe me, we're not, games. We're not going to be. We're not going to be skipping this topic. We'll be right back. See you next year, Morgan. Welcome back to the show, 204-780-6868, getting some text messages. Uh, People want to go to the game of love. People want to go to the game of love. Kevin the Garbage Man says, well, you know what? It's perfect because love is a battlefield. Who said that? Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar dared to ask. Well, that's not a question. She dared to say the statement, love is a battlefield. Yeah, she dared to say the statement. The question that was dared asked was by Michael Bolton. How can we be lovers if we can't be friends is the question he dared to pose to us, which we then all questioned. When you look back in in the annals of history, you can see some great men and great women ask, Big questions, and some not as big as Michael Bolton. You know, explorers, uh, scientists, and then of course the artist. And I'm, and and if we do not know artists, how do we not know our own souls? I believe it was the Athletics uh, Murata Tesh who once said, um, "I never needed love like I need you." Or no, that was the lead singer of Sheriff, but they have the same great hair. That wasn't Cinderella? Oh, maybe it was a, a, Alias. Okay. One of those ballads could have been you can't, our next guest. You can't confirm or deny that, Murat, can you? No. Uh, you know what? I, I, I have been instructed to offer you no comment on these rumors. <laughs> Till further investigation it's, it's has too been much, done. It's too much money Until tied up. Until you guys before figure out your 80s power ballads, there will be no comment. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't write Fast Car. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Missed opportunity there. Yeah, that's a big moneymaker. Uh, Marat, what is your thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets before Saturday and now after Saturday's game? Well, I think that I was trying to pump the brakes on the sky is falling narrative even before Saturday's win broke the streak. Yes, the Jets were losing, and yes, they were getting outplayed in some of those games, but in the... In the scope of things, I think most fans were wondering, is this last year all over again? Is everything broken? Is this going to be a second half slide? And I just think that the floor on this team is so much higher than last year. 
there are structural qualities and systemic things that they're doing that make them better, even when they do make mistakes, which they have been. So, you know, credit to them. They got the win. They did everything that they needed to do to get that win on Saturday. Uh, I think that this is a, a relative low point in their season overall, but I still think it's a quality team, and I think that they're going to be good down the stretch. Why can't they score? <laughs> Great question. Some of that is going to be in the percentages and in numbers. Uh, in the 10 games before the Jets win on Saturday, in the 10 games leading up to it, Winnipeg had the second worst save percentage in, sorry, second worst shooting percentage, pardon me, second worst shooting percentage in the 10 games before that in the league. And on a team with Shifley and Connor and Velarde and Ehlers and what have you, you go back and you look at, you know, what are they normally at? And they're normally in the middle of the pack, sometimes better than that. So you knew that that was going to change. If Winnipeg keeps getting its chances, keeps getting its shots, those guys are going to score goals. That's a real thing. It's also important to note that when Winnipeg was winning, even when they were running eight wins in a row, even when they were you know, towards the top of the NHL standings, it was the defense that was winning games. Winnipeg was scoring an average amount of goals per game and had the best defense in the league for a little while there. So that's important. And then the other reason, you can't ask me why they're not scoring if I don't talk about the power play. The power play is genuinely struggling, and I don't think they've found the answers yet. So that's going to be one that we need to keep an eye on for sure. Is the answer coming? I mean, maybe. They worked on them for both. Both units got a lot of time at practice today. I'm talking to you from the Iceplex, and there's still just a couple of players skating around. I think that's Shifley and Velarde just working on a couple extra things. Um, but the power play's got a lot of time. It looks like they're trying to create some movement. They're trying to create some interchange with players switching positions and things like that. Um, I'm going to need to see it have sustained success, creating chances and real goals uh, before I believe in it. Because if you look at their last 10 games, including Saturday, Winnipeg's power play has actually been outscored by, uh, by a score of 2-1 because they've given up a couple of shorthanded goals and haven't scored. So... Uh... I know a lot of the, the conversation the last two weeks have been about what happened last year around this time. I'm with you. I, I don't see that. I don't see it in the metrics, and I, I don't see it in the in the way they play. Um, so what? where do they go from here is my opinion. And, and do you find being in the room and around some of the players um, that that is on their mind at all? You know, I think my biggest takeaway, and, and to be clear, because of the, the all-star break and the fact that I wasn't on the road, this is the first – Lengthy practice I've attended in, you know, at least a week, maybe two weeks. I, I can't remember the exact schedule in the start of the break. And my big takeaway when I, when I walked into the building and just looking on the ice and the groups of players laughing amongst themselves, the chatter between drills and things like that, one of my big takeaways is they genuinely like each other. I think this is as close of a room as people talk as, as they would like to tell you that it is. I, I do get the sense that this is a team that's pulling on the same rope, and I think that's a really important thing given that in years past, not everybody in Winnipeg wanted to be in Winnipeg. So I think that's very important. And then in terms of, you know, you know are things on their mind? I think the tone in the room is still light when, when I was there. Like I, I just had a really good conversation kind of away from the podium with uh, – with Laurent Brassois, Connor Hellebuck, Josh Morrissey, and it was just thoughtful. It was just good. I don't think that I perceive that type of tension that might accompany a really, truly struggling team that was going through it in a bad way. Yeah, I, I don't sense that either. Um, it's, I don't know, it's it's like we all, we can only look from above, right? And it seems like the team is, is more tight-knit. And I mean, how would you... 
look at maybe perhaps Adam Lowry and how he's done as captain so far this year and, and maybe making that situation better and not allowing that tension to seep into the room. I mean, he really just seems like a guy that is himself in, in every situation. Like we've seen him through, you know, various charitable works. We have seen him in, involved with kids in the community. And, uh, you know, uh, once upon a time, a few years ago, I interviewed um, a, a kid that was a huge fan of his that he'd become close with through some unique circumstances. And I, I watched them interact and it was just so human and so real. And I think one of the important things about being a Winnipeg Jets captain under the microscope that is, you know, a small market team where the Jets are number one horse in town with credit to the Bombers who win championships. And then that's an amazing thing. Um, they're really under an incredible microscope. And I think Lowry's ability to continue to be himself even while getting called to do media a little bit more, being the face of the success as well as the struggles, all that sort of things, I haven't perceived him change. And I think that that sort of consistency in a person helps other people feel comfortable being themselves too. And I think that's a, that's a real palpable thing in Winnipeg this year. Um, Murat, in, in this day and age of young coaches, we just had the Super Bowl yesterday. Andy Reid's an older gentleman. But we see how young football coaches have become. We see how, how the next up-and-coming young coach in the NHL is always sought after. Um, we we sort of regenerate a lot of these older coaches as well. How much does Rick Bonus deserve in, in sort of what you were mentioning on how everybody likes each other? Uh, the distance traveled from when he was hired till the end of last season to where they are right now. Um, he's a 69-year-old straight shooter who doesn't pull punches, but yet you still, in this day and age of all sports, have to be a bit of a player's coach. How much credit does he deserve to sort of what's gone on off the ice just as much as on it? I think he deserves a lot of that credit. He knew coming into this job, like if we go back to the day that he was hired, if you look at the headlines, whether it's at The Athletic or otherwise, and you, there was turmoil, there was... Paul Staffney had just called out the team for not playing for each other. You know, Shifley's future was in doubt. Pierre-Luc Dubois, that question was still ongoing. You know, there, there wasn't a sense that you were walking into a championship-caliber team where everything was going right. So he knew he had work to do. And if you go back to that first summer and the several calls he made to Jets leaders, to Jets players from tip to tail of the roster, the communication on that front, some of the... The, obviously the changed captaincy and the moving on from uh, the Blake Wheeler era, opening up the room. I've talked to players who have said they feel more comfortable in the Winnipeg Jazz's dressing room expressing their views on things in the last couple of years than at any stretch before that. And I think that comes from leadership. And I think that coaching is an important part of leadership, especially considering that two-year journey the bonus has been on here. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that from Nick Ehlers. He's had some great quotes over the last little bit, that's for sure. Uh, Murat Atesh, a Jets writer with The Athletic, joining us. Uh, Murat, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you very much. Oh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Great read again, as you said at the start of the show from Murat. Always worth your subscription to The Athletic. I mean, the proof's going to be in the pudding, though, Jim. I mean, we can look at the Winnipeg Jets. We can see them. We can see the differences in the way that they've played. Um, but they have to go out there and prove it every single night, every period, every shift. I mean, it's a, it's a cliche because it's true. That's where it's really, are they a different team than they are, uh, than they are last year still remains to be seen, but I'm putting my chips a hundred percent on this team being a lot different by the end of this season. Yeah. I, I don't see the falling coming. I know they've lost five in a row. I, I agree with bonus when he said, but we haven't been playing bad. 
it, their transition game got better on the weekend than it did in in Pittsburgh and uh, their forecheck too. So, um, lots more to come, lots more to talk about. It'll be an interesting week with only a game on Wednesday, the game of love, and then of course on <laughs> yes. Saturday against Vancouver. Um, to see what happens. I think this is two extremely different tests for them. They should pound San Jose and they've got, they're in for it against um, Vancouver. So it'll be a fascinating week how they go forward. And then can they use this time to get the power play going? I also, we don't have more, any more time today. I love that conversation about what he said about like more openness, say how you feel and all yeah. that. Um, that sounds negative and derogatory and I get it because it clearly was an issue and, and didn't go over well. There are other leaders who this is the way it is mm-hmm. and you told the line and it works very well. And then I just, I don't know if that works too much anymore. Well, I think it depends on the team. Every it does. It depends yeah. on the team and yeah. it doesn't mean it's, it's wrong or right. It definitely wasn't working that way here. Mm-hmm. And the change has, has been beneficial. There's other teams that you have to dial it in and, and this is the way it is. And if you're not doing, if everybody's not on the same page, then there's issues. <laughs> 204-780-6868. we got Jets tickets to be given away to the Game of Love against the San Jose Sharks on Wednesday. Uh, Corey says, Cam and Jim, if you give me the Jets tickets, I'll buy you popcorn and a six-pack. Should have mentioned at the beginning of this, I can be bought. I am open to bribery. I always have been. I've always made that very clear. Just a six-pack, though, Cam. You can't. No, that would just be. You go more than six deep, and it's not going to be a nice night. No, it's going to ruin everything. Yeah. It's got to get a good. Good you you don't want to fall asleep after the game is what I'm no, saying. That's and that's all I'm going to say. You know, Jim, it's because you always look out for me. I appreciate yes. it. But we give away those tickets when we uh, come back. <laughs> the book of love <laughs> that no one should read by Jim Toe. <laughs> um, the Super Bowl, Jim, as we head hey, off into a break here. The question, dare to ask. Ask yourselves. Ask yourself. You got to be friends. We'll, we'll squeeze a little bit of Super Bowl talk on the other side of this. Well, Morgan Riley and Ridley uh, Grieg uh, had it out on Saturday. Uh, Net was uh, Leafs net empty. Sends ended up winning the game 5-3, but with six seconds left, uh, Ridley Grieg uh, slap shots the puck into the empty net. Good Lethbridge boy. Was it disrespectful to do? Yes, it was. Was it stupid? Yeah, because you could easily, much more easily miss the net on a shot like that, just wrist it in the net and end the game. So it was stupid as well. While also, I see it, my opinion, it was disrespectful. Did Morgan Riley need to go and cross-check him in the head? Absolutely not. Also ridiculous. The whole situation was ridiculous. The question is, Jim, suspension, how long? I'll get you in there for a second, but I want to have this thought first. Sure. Mark Mathot. Uh, former player, um, we, we talked because he was said the the bed sheets were staticky at the Fairmont here in Winnipeg, and he didn't like Winnipeg or something like he the didn't hotel. hate Winnipeg. He didn't like the hotel because like he had staticky bed sheets. sheets were staticky. But I like this too tucked in. I like this tweet. He says he says I sincerely believe Morgan Riley should get suspended, but. I also happen to love everything about that sweet sequence last night. I love that Greg is slowly embracing the heel roll, and I love the response from Riley. It's entertaining, and everyone is talking about it. This could be the little spark the Battle of Ontario needs. Just my opinion. Uh, well, then this uh, texter, Stacy uh, texts and says, Mark, how do I explain this to my four-year-old daughter who loves the game? Well, what I would say to Stacy is, I don't know, Stacy. That's up to you. You're the parent. 
Morgan Riley doesn't owe you any sort of explanation whatsoever. I just find that to be a ridiculous response. I mean, that's where we're kind of headed in society now, where everything's like, how how do I explain this to my children? You're the parent. Figure it out. It's not like it was an incredible event that you couldn't imagine possibly ever happening in a hockey game. Sit down and go, that's very poor on sportsmanlike conduct, and you should never do that. That's how you explain it to your kid. Well, Stacey has no idea how to say that to her kid. Why are you looking to Morgan Riley to raise your child? (laughs) I don't know. Stacey, come on. Um, look, what, what do you, how do you, so here's the, aside, here's the thing. Think? Yeah. I like Ridley Gregg. So, but should he have done that? No. But if he does it, it leads to the rivalry, right? Yeah. Here's the problem is Sheldon Keefe just said this, and this is from Chris Johnson covering the Leafs right after practice. As much as Sheldon Keefe was surprised, Morgan Riley got an in-person hearing. Say what? You're surprised? How are you surprised? So he's trying to downplay it so he doesn't get as much. His quote is, I think there's a history also of events that happened in Toronto and with the Leafs that get more attention and more hype that tend to lead to something such as this. So there's a rivalry there. And because you yeah. talked about it all the time, Ellis. bottom line is you can't do that. I think Morgan Riley's a clean player. He's never been in trouble before. Nope. I get that you're standing up for your team. This will resonate with his team. That being said, that's a 10-gamer minimum, in my opinion. If Brendan Dillon gets three for a body check that resulted in head contact, then this has to be 10-plus games. This was not a hockey play, Jay. And the Department of Player Safety is already under scrutiny because I went on my rant last week about Brendan Dillon. And as I said, if Brendan Dillon's infraction is three games, fair enough. But then everything else has to start going in line with what the standard is. That is not a hockey play. And that's a, if he goes over and cross-checks him into the board or body checks him, that's one thing. When you raise your stick to hit him in the head, that's a major problem. This had nothing to do with hockey. Nothing. It was the, the puck was in the net. You didn't like what happened. You know, a scrum is going to happen after that situation. So and, my and that, mind is, I yeah. don't like what you did. And I'm going to skate by you and tell you that and tell you to keep your head up or whatever next game. <laughs> That's right. I'm not going to cross-check you in the head. No, you can't do that. So, and, I, and I'm with you, Jim. I mean, and I'm going to be watching this very closely. And, and this better be double-digit games. And I said, Jim, if he doesn't get hit with a heart, if this is like a five-gamer, we're going to have another angry show of Cam and Jim to, complaining about the, the player safety and the inconsistency. And we're going to get a lot of texters as well. And this texter says the game was settled at that point. I agree. No right to go and cross-check a guy Rasmus in the head. Anderson got four games for hitting Patrick Laine when there was four seconds left. The this game should, was over. This should be a significant If suspension. you do something like this, body check or not, but this is worse because it's a headshot, yeah. but then add in that the game is over yeah. and you're taking a liberty, then... Asinine behavior. Now, is it antagonistic to shoot the puck in the net that way? You're right, it is. Yeah. It totally is. Is it unsportsmanlike? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Is it unsportsmanlike to cross-check a guy in the head? Yes, it is. The whole... But... Stacy, that's that's what you teach your kids. Yeah, don't learn, do that. That's not good learn behavior. Learn to fight another day. And yeah. not literally fight, but learn, hey, keep that in your mind. The next time you play the Senators, stick it to them. Beat them 6-1. How do I explain to my kid that Polly Walnut should not have shot that guy in the head? He um, tried to explain it to his friends first. Uncle Polly had a bad dream. It's okay. <laughs> Come on, people. Um, this We got some tickets to give away, too, of course. And we got, this text, we got this text from Len. Len says, when we first got married, 1970, lived in Manitoba housing. My wife was attending U of M, getting her teaching degree. We had a newborn working all the time for Valentine's Day. I took a cookie cutter in the shape of a heart, and I cut out pieces of bologna into hearts and served it with mashed potatoes. Great supper and great memories. Still married to that wonderful gal. Len, you and your wife are going to the Jets game on Wednesday. Len, if you publicly admit you cut hearts into bologna, 
You're going to the Jets game on Jets. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. No baloney here. We love baloney. We love your effort. You, sir, love your wife. And you, too, are going to love the Jets-Sharks game on Wednesday night. Kansas City Chiefs legacy or not, I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they're, I don't think that they are a uh, dynasty. It's got to be consecutive. It's got to be four in uh, three and four. And they didn't do it. They're not a dynasty. Hard and fast. I don't care what everyone's proclaiming this. But just don't tell that to Travis Kelsey. He might go after his coach. That was ridiculous. I don't like the, the Chiefs. Whole th- and the halftime show, I'm sorry. I liked it when Little John and Usher, Usher. I liked it when Little John and Ludacris. Was high, that high school Cam was happy. Was that CeeLo Brown? I, no, that wasn't him. I looked it, it up. Some guy named something I don't even know. I don't know any of these guys anymore. We've never sound older. Jim Toth to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. The RCMP news conference on the Tragic situation uh, out in Carmen. We'll be, that will be right here on the airwaves at 2 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeff, for Fort Chief producing the show. That's it for me. Be back same time tomorrow. See ya.